Praise God. Let's turn to Psalm 17. Psalm 17. We just sang this song as I prayed. Immediately that song came to my mind. And as I was seeking the Lord what to read before we continue the meeting, immediately Psalm 17 came and we see a beautiful connection. Some of you may have some subheadings or titles there. It may say something to the effect of confidence in final salvation, blessed assurance. Psalm 17. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalm 17 so we can read it together. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. You have tested my heart. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your paths. My footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed up their fat hearts. With their mouths they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They have set their eyes crouching down to the earth as a lion is eager to tear his prey. Like a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord. Confront him. Cast him down. Deliver my life from the wicked with your sword. With your hand from men, O Lord. From men of the world who have their portion in this life. In whose belly you fill with your hidden treasure. They are satisfied with children. And leave the rest of their possessions for their babies. As for me. I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Salvation. Redemption. 
righteousness. Going back to the first verse, this prayer of David. Hear a just cause, O Lord, is plainly stating that he's in the right. He goes on in this psalm, as he's done elsewhere, when he was walking with God in obedience, that his heart is actually pure. The man was full of integrity through and through. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Here's the problem. He has people surrounding him. Enemies seeking his destruction. He's saying, Lord, you know my heart. David was not espoused, married to the world. He was separate. He was known of God. And so he can appeal to God because his life was devoted to God. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. We speak to people. We speak with people. We counsel them. And among them, young men. Who will listen to everything we have to say. Which is from God. Not only diagnose exactly where they are spiritually. So they can know for certain. How badly they need to repent. But also show with God's tenderness, how to repent and how eager God is to receive them and give them a brand new start. There's only one problem when we speak to young men, young women, and others. There's deceitfulness. They'll nod their heads, they'll look at us straight in the eye as if they're receiving everything. But actually, they came for entertainment. They wanted to entertain a conversation and whatever desire they may have had to really get right with God was a very dim flickering. Candle. The majority of the desire was the next fix, whatever it is. They already had a plan. I will come and talk to the pastor. I will receive the counsel, at least in my ears physically. I will receive prayer. I will thank them and uh, assure them that I appreciate their counsel. But their hearts are far from seeking God. They just came for lip service, deceitful lips. One of the pains that God has and his true servants is having to deal with deceitfulness on a regular basis, particularly from certain people. It's very painful. It's not painful because it hurts our feelings. We take it personally. 
although there's sacrifices involved and pain, but particularly because they're being fools. They are trying to deceive God. And they're back in the same mess. And they come back with the same question every time. I'm trying to get closer to God. But just not happening. Can you help me? First thing we need to do is deal with this deceitfulness. In your Bibles, I would encourage you to underline that phrase, deceitful lips. We need to know that this is the crux of the whole psalm, the whole matter. Because over and over again, David will lay claim to his integrity, which is very vital. The beautiful good news is every single person on the face of the earth has the ability to be honest. Isn't that marvelous? Contrary to what the devil would say, I can't help it. I just lie, lie, lie. Yes, a demonic spirit can take over. A person can become a compulsive liar. But would God be just in asking even the people who are demonically sold over to lies, would it be just of God to say, I want you to repent if they can't? See, it's one thing to break free from the strong man. Only with God's help. But there's a grace that God gives to everyone to say, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm going to be honest with God. And I'm going to honestly listen to his diagnosis of my soul. And I'm going to honestly take the counsel and put it to practice and come back to God's door the next day and say, Lord, I have begun a life of honesty. It's grieving to counsel people who will pretend to take the counsel but won't do a thing about it. And if it's grieving to the servants of God, how much more to God himself? And yet there's one factor, one factor. There's a, a redeeming feature. You know what that is? L-O-V-E. Love that will bleed so the other person can live. It's God's love. You know, when a young man sees up close, this God-man that was butchered on the cross, executed for every one of their sins, there's a breakdown. It's bound to happen. If they get to see Jesus up close and they dwell on his wounds and what happened at the cross, but Satan's very quick. He wants people to get into a fashion show, good time, food, fun, family, all kinds of things to rob the essence of what they need to make sure they're going to heaven, not hell. With all that fun, all the fun on the way to hell. David could say, 
My prayer is not from deceitful lips. A prayer that says, oh God, I love you and I thank you for my family, my friends, for the world. Lord, I pray for people in the world, on the other side of the world who are suffering. Lord, I pray for all the people, the kids, Lord, who are starving, the people who have disease. And Oh God, won't you do something, Lord, in the universe? And Lord, I just want to tell you, thank you for dying on the cross and for my mom, my dad, and my kid brother, my car, my job. And Lord, I thank you for these new pair of jeans that you got me. And Lord, I just want to thank you that through it all, I'm, I'm going to stay true to you, Lord, 100%. I'm a part of the 100 percenters, Lord. You can count on me. I got your back, Lord. This is the whole tenor and direction of many prayers. Beloved, I want to urge you, be on guard, whether it is your Christian friend or your own children, who pray prayers that are all over the place, and they miss the essence, which is to pray honestly before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry for disobeying you. Have you ever heard a prayer like that from your son? Your daughter? Your brother, your sister? That's the beginning of the path to life. Every other prayer is a smoke before God and a stench in his nostrils. When the people brought sacrifices that were blemished, as we read in Malachi, the Lord took great offense. He said, what are you doing? He said, you're not only giving me the leftovers, you're actually bringing me sacrifices that have blemished and they're deformed. What are you doing? He said, would you dare do this to your governor? Would you do it to your own dad, this kind of service? He said, you're doing it to me? Yet how many people who claim to love God offer prayers that are fully deformed by their own choosing, blemished. They are deceitful. David could say, Lord, you know me. I'm not that kind of guy. My prayer is from honest lips. And so that's why he can say, verse 2, many, many people claim the promises of God and they want to hear something good. Hey, let's tune into the morning call, the evening call, the Bible study, Sunday service. What's in it for me? What's God going to do for me? And, oh, I want to grab that promise, that prophecy. But notice, the vindication, the justification, the deliverance, all the promises have a condition attached. You got to be true before God in your private life. Otherwise, God's very grieved. He says, let your eyes look on the things that are upright. Lord, check me out. David could say this so bold. You have tested my heart. What is this heart? It said of the heart that it is the seat of the affections. The actual desires of a human being is found not in the organ, the physical organ, but the spiritual organ. The center of one's life. In other words, what a person is actually thinking about day and night that's who that person really is. All their desires. You have tested my heart. You have visited me 
in the night. What does that speak of? It's talking about when nobody else is looking. Nobody else is really around. In other words, what you see is what you get. When I'm all by myself, left to my own devices, my choices will show whether I'm true or false. Notice he says, my prayer is not from dishonest lips, oh God. What I'm saying, I mean from the heart, I'm following through. Otherwise, God says, don't bother praying. Don't bother bringing your sacrifice. Is God unjust to say that? Oh Lord, but he's trying, she's trying. There's a way to try. Namely, you've got to be honest first. You have tested my heart, verse 3. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and found nothing. You have examined me. Who can escape the examination of God? What can escape the examination of God? Once again, we're reminded, the Bible says, Behold, hell and destruction are right before his face. Even though he's so far away from it, it's up close, he can see it. How much more than the hearts of the children of men? Heart of man. You have examined me and have found nothing evil. What is evil? We're so quick to say evil is what you see in the papers. That guy that abandoned the family and went out with some other people and wasted everything. That person that's out there strung out on drugs or drunk himself blind. A lady that's full of evil and malice. She doesn't want other people to be happy and she steals their babies. Oh, that's evil. The other one that said the devil made me do it and did some horrific thing to their own children. Killed them. Oh, that's evil. The other guy that held up uh, the bank and shot a person and killed the person in the process. Evil. Locked them up. God says a person who insists on doing his own thing is evil. You see? Because they are usurping and taking God's right. Trying to anyway. And playing God. That's evil. That's evil. When I don't say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Doesn't matter if you're 25 years old, 55, 75, and 15. When I don't talk to God, the Bible says in the Psalms also, concerning the wicked, evil people, God is not in all his thoughts. That's what it says. God is not in all his thoughts. A person who comes to Christ, make my life better. Can you spice up some things for me? Can you help me, Lord? I have some deficit here. I want you to fill it up, Lord, just like in John chapter 2. two. Lord, will you give me that which I'm lacking? I'm going to run away with the blessing. Laugh all the way to the bank. But to actually say, Lord, who am I? That you should even consider me, Lord. Lord, I want to glorify you this day. I want to know what you want me to do, who you want me to speak to, what you want me to say. That's why David could say these things. It's not a light thing at all. You see, because if David thought, 
you know, as a king, I'm going to get up today. And I know God wants me to go on this campaign here. And he wants me to go and uh, teach these people here. And David was a prophet. He was a psalmist. He gave instruction also to the Levites and all the singers. He had a lot of things to do for God. Way before he collected all the materials for the building of the temple. He was active in loving God, serving him. Somebody says, well, I'm not King David. I'm just an ordinary little old me. Do you know you're the seed of David through Christ? Do you know you have an inheritance? Do you know that every day God has something for you to do, for us to do, to glorify him? And do you know if David would have said, I'm going to do all this, but I also want to do something that I want to do apart from what God wants me to do. I want to go shopping over here and I'm not going to consult God. After all, it's just a menial thing. I mean, trivial thing. It's uh, it's just shopping. I don't need to ask God. Maybe when he goes to the mall is when his eyes get led astray, gets in trouble and he comes back to the Lord. Maybe I should have asked you for all my activities today. These are very, very sobering, critical things that we need to apprehend and teach our own family. Consult with God for everything. Let the Lord be the Lord of your life. David says, you've tested my heart, Lord. Not even one compartment, not even one thought in the man's heart. Even in the night. He says boldly, you have examined me and have found nothing evil. Nothing. David didn't let up over there. He didn't say, well, I'm home free. Uh, Thank God I passed that test. Now I can go do my own thing. No, he said, I have purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. David walked very carefully for almost his whole life. When he fell hard, which he didn't need to, which was not in God's program at all for him, it was an example forever for us in all generations. We need to be more careful than David was at that point. But here, his heart is pure. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. The destroyer. The evil one. And evil people who do what? Waste their money. Waste their lives. Waste their energy. They are idle They've got to go and do something. They can't sit still and say, Lord, speak to me and wash me before I step out into this world. Because if you don't wash the laundry, you miss that wash, the dirt's going to stick even deeper, harder. The person will morph into something they never expected. It's going to be that much more harder be rescued look at David I have kept I have kept away I have made the choice I don't care whether it's girlfriends or boyfriends or men friends or family or things I like to do everything's got to have the approval of God and I want to carry Jesus with me not simply the token prayer I've got God with me and got the bumper sticker and the Bible on my dashboard. No. 
I'm going to walk with integrity and holiness wherever I go. Now, I'm not going to do anything without consulting God. Because the other option is the destroyer is lurking to try to take away from me all the blessings of God. And he will do it step by step. Uphold my steps in your paths. My footsteps, that my footsteps may not slip. What is the prerequisite? Many people jump to verse 5. Lord, I need this, I need that. Would you protect me, Lord? You know, there are people, I remember, there's a couple that came to our church years ago. And it just wasn't getting through some of the things. You know why? Because they had one foot here and one foot elsewhere. Now other churches and fellowships and people and their family it was a big downfall for them because they were not able to bring their children to repentance. Rather, they accommodated their children every time. Celebration, housewarming, run over here, run over there, the grandbabies, constantly active. Not one dent in their children's life to turn them to God. You know where they are now? Bad shape spiritually. Whatever God was trying to give them here, they lost it. You know what they used to do? Pray, pray, pray. Oh, they love to pray. They love to pray. But you know what their prayers were? Lord, bless my son, bless his wife, bless the baby, protect him, Lord, top to bottom, and uh, their cars, you know, front to back and side to side. And Lord, would you bless their birthday and bless their marriage and the car they're going to buy and Lord, the first day on the job, Lord, just be with my boy. You know, he went to graduate school. And meanwhile, their boy, husband and father, with the wife, totally antichrist. Totally. But they're called Pop for prayer. You can always count on Pop to say a nice prayer. Make them feel nice and comfy. And have dad and mom's blessing while they're fully living in rebellion toward God. That's how most people today pray. Lord, would you protect me? Protect my family? Protect everything, Lord? We just want your blessing. Oh, I need to find somebody to bless me. You know, there are priests for hire, prophets for hire in the Bible. The book of Micah, you see that. People are available. Oh, you, you'll find pastors. You'll find prophets, so-called, and priests. They'll just bless you to your heart's content all the way to hell. I bless your house. I bless your water. I bless your bread. I bless your feet. I bless your job, your nails. What else do you want? Your hair? Go ahead. Take that blessing too. Praise God. And I understand if you can't come to God's presence. Because, uh, quite frankly, I'm not in God's presence either. We just play church. So it's okay if you skip it. By the way, how would you like to go golfing Monday morning? I've got a spot where we can hang out and do some things that the other church people shouldn't see. But I bless you. Beware of the blessing of unrighteous people because they'll turn out to be curses. Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. There's a prerequisite, namely every verse before that. Notice, he said, 
No deceitful lips when I pray. Absolutely honest with God. Lord, you tested my heart. You found nothing. Lord, I'm purposed that my mouth will not sin against you. Lord, I've kept my path, my feet away from the paths of the destroyer. Now, Lord, uphold my steps in the paths that my footsteps may not slip. Oh, I pray everyone in this church, everyone in this church, you teach your family. If you love God and love your family, that before we pray, before you want a blessing from God, make sure you do what David did. Do not pray prayers with deceitful lips. Allow the Lord to examine you, even in the night. You get to the point and be eager that God won't find anything because you kept yourself from sinning against God with your mouth and kept your way away from the path of the destroyer. Now, let's pray for the blessing son, daughter, mom, dad. I hope this really grips your heart as it does mine every time. Because, beloved, this is the difference between your son or daughter falling off the cliff one day. While you say, oh, he was a fine young man and fine young lady, you know, they came to church and they had a Bible, they like to talk about Jesus, and I know, you know, they're young, they need to be with friends, and, you know, it's just life. God understands, but I believe they're in heaven even though they fall, fall off the cliff spiritually and physically. I really truly believe. I think God gave me a vision the other day. I had an epiphany and I just know he's got a halo. He's up there in heaven looking at mom, looking at dad. Don't be deceived. And don't you become a person who will deceive other people by praying and blessing and never telling the people when they're not right before God and God is grieved and angry. I'd rather hear the truth from God when he's angry so I can get my act together than lies from people who paint a different picture of God when I'm not right. When I'm deceiving myself, deceiving others, and hoping to deceive God. I want the truth. Verse 6, I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. How will he hear him? Again, Psalm 66, 18. He has no sin in his heart. Lord, will you bend your ear to me? Incline your ear to me, Lord, and hear my speech. You're going to talk, David? You're actually going to take it upon yourself to open your mouth to God? Book of Ecclesiastes, it says, remember, you're on earth and God's in heaven. Be careful what you utter. Be careful when you enter the house of God. Oh, I love it. It's real. I love every part of the Bible. Every word that God gives to confirm is truth. Lord, will you listen to me? I'm about to speak now. Really? Who are you going to speak to? God of the universe. You know, some people say, Pastor, you're painting this as some kind of scary thing. I mean, Jesus was a friend to sinners and he's my daddy. I'm supposed to go boldly to the throne of grace and I just know God loves me, man, no matter what I do.
that's not God speaking through you if you say such things. It's the lie of Satan. And when people say that you can approach God boldly, he's your daddy, man. He just go and get on his lap. He'll hug you and he'll love you. There's nobody like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. That's what they sang in the 70s in the gospel song. Well, in that vernacular back then, it's true. Nobody can love me like Jesus. Oh, he is the greatest lover. But he's an awesome God. He doesn't change his nature for us, you see. If I want to be a pig, he's not going to accommodate my piggish lifestyle. He's going to be intent on cleaning me up to become a lamb. He's going to wash me. He's going to wash me. But many Christians believe that God will love you in your sin and while you wallow in the mire. He will love on you and love on you and love on you and hope that you come back home. It's not what the father did to the prodigal son, no. He stayed where he was in a place of righteousness. And the kid had to leave his wickedness to come to the house of righteousness. Very important distinction. Yes, I can go to Jesus. Yes, he's the friend of sinners. Yes, he's my savior. Oh, I can lean upon his chest. Oh, he's that close, that endearing. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. I can just utter and whisper. I can even groan if I can't pray with my words for heaviness. And the Lord will hear me. Just never forget, the Lord will not entertain sin. I must understand the prerequisite for that intimacy with God is a departure from everything God hates. Because he's holy God. He's a jealous God. He won't compete with anyone who wants to have the world as his or her best friend and God too. The phrase a friend of sinners is actually from his enemies. But we say in this context he will come and hear the cries of people like the prodigal son and say, come out of there. Come to me. He will befriend those who come and lay their sins at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, I, I give up on trying to find pleasure and happiness and comfort and all the things that actually bring death contrary to your will. Lord, I want to know you as my friend, as Abraham was. Your friend. By keeping your covenants, your commandments. Verse 7. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. Oh, you who save those who trust in you. From those who rise up against them. God, show your power. Show your power, Lord. Show the heathen, Lord. Show those people, Lord, who are committing these dreadful sins, Lord, and they're just going up and down, marching everywhere. And Lord, just stop these people, Lord. They're just messing up our land, our culture, Lord, our government. A lot of Christians, Pastor has made this point before. They'll jump up and down to go and put signs up, such as we sometimes see sometimes in Port Jervis. 
in certain days. A whole bunch of people with anti-abortion signs lining the streets on either side. Meanwhile, you look at their lives. Is God really the Lord of their lives? They have a whole bunch of things happening in their own lives. Rank disobedience before God. But they like to hold up the signs. Let's fight the culture wars. Let's close down that, uh, that, uh, that lewd shop over there selling that paraphernalia. I'm going to destroy that X-rated stuff over there. Get that out of the town. Stop the abortion. Stop the euthanasia. I want to fight against all those people who are anti-Christ and anti-God and they want to support, uh, uh these deviant lifestyles. Oh, I don't want it. Very vocal. You know what God is saying? You hypocrite. First take the log out of it. You got actually a bigger problem than you. Because if you were blind and you didn't claim you could see, I can help you. But now you claim you can see, just like the Lord said to the Pharisees. You who want to be a guide to the blind, to the sinners, are you doing the same things or worse? And yet they want to say, God, come down. Come down on our nation. We're going to march up and down wherever we have to go. By the busloads. We're going to be there. We're going to take America for Christ. Check your closet first. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. The man could say this. Beware, beloved, of prayers. Generic prayers, hypocritical prayers, church movements, family who's on fire for God, quote-unquote. Well, they have the fires of hell burning in their own backyard. Beware. Let's think like Jesus, shall we? Is there sin in the life? I'm not just talking about those that are blatant and out there. Especially the hidden ones. Jealousies and bitterness and anger and wrath and violence and vengeance. Malice. Unforgiveness. A little bit of lusting here and there. Yet, they're qualified, you see. To stand right there, right up there in the picket line. Start screaming at people. For being God-haters. Meanwhile, they're hating God by their lifestyles. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The Lord said, these are crooked people. So-called Christians. God says, I'm going to begin my judgment first with them. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. Oh, you who save those who trust in you. That word trust implies faith and faithfulness. From those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed up their fat hearts, full of pride, full of self. And they're coming against me, Lord, the apple of your eye. With their mouths, they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. See, when you stand up for the truth, many people will hate you. If you stand up for the truth. But if you stand up for a mixture of truth and lies, which amounts to a whole lie, many people love you. They want to hear you worship. 
They want to hear your preaching. They want to flock around you. They want to jump on the bandwagon for every cause you stand up in the name of Christ. Oh, they love it. Because there's no threat to their secret sins. But David was on the other side. And so he can have a clear line of demarcation to show, Lord, I'm on this side with you. Who's on the Lord's side? I am, Lord. You came and visited me in the night. And nobody was around. Nobody was looking. Lord, the darkness is as light before you, the Bible says. And you found nothing. Beloved, can we say that? Can we say this? Do you aspire for this? You can actually say, not because of your own estimation, comparing yourself with other people or by yourself. No, by the word of God. As we examine the scriptures, all the sins that God points out. Do you have any of them? We should be able to say, Lord, oh, maybe I can't say this now, but I I sure want to, Lord. I know I have to. I want to. I ought to. Oh, Lord, if David could do it way back when, with all that you've given me, in Christ and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, Father, I can say my conscience is clear before God and man. Beloved, may that be your heart's cry, no matter who you are. Lord, I want this in my heart, that in the nighttime when I lay down, I'm going to let you examine me. Really thoroughly examine me. And I want to be able to say, Lord, I've watched my mouth all day long. I didn't transgress. I kept my path. My feet from the path of the destroyer. All that the devil wanted to do. I didn't give an inch to him. I didn't mingle with the gossip, Lord. I didn't betray you. I didn't flatter people. I didn't lie. I didn't laugh at things I shouldn't laugh at. Lord, I had integrity. There was no deceitfulness in me. Now we can say, Lord, vindicate me, Lord. A just cause. Plead my cause. He will. He will. They set their eyes crouching down to the earth as a lion is eager to tear his prey and like a young lion lurking in secret places. The enemies are powerful, but not more powerful than the God who's with me. Arise, O Lord, confront him, cast him down. Deliver my life from the wicked with your sword, with your hand from men, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portion of this life, in whose belly you will fill with your hidden treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave the rest of their possession for their babies. God is merciful. He gives a whole lot to people. Without God, it ends up in tragedy. Without living for God. Let people be what they want to be. As for me and my house, I'm going to actually serve God, which means from my heart, doing what is right. My inner conversation is going to be correct before God. That's where it starts. Because I'm righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see you face to face. I will see your face, your likeness, and be satisfied. Waking up, waking up in heaven, waking up in the presence of God. The dawn has come. The day spring on high has visited us. Everything's over. Now my life is going to be reviewed. 
the final assessment is about to take place. We must know the day is fast approaching. And we need to live in light of the judgment seat of Christ. We need to delight ourselves in him and know that he will take up our cause no matter what we face, whether it's a small enemy or big enemy and everything in between. Whatever confusion, whatever need we have, God says, I will keep you as the apple of my eye. But I want you to have pure lips. I want you to have lips that will not lie to me. I want you to keep yourself from the path of the destroyer. I want you to make sure that your own mouth will not say something that is not pleasing to me. I want you to check yourself every night until the final judgment comes. So I can visit you in the night and examine you. You can say, Lord, I'm clean again. Because Lord, I fear you and I've kept your word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that the word of God, from this word, O Lord, along with the hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, there's a perfect submission involved before the perfect delight comes. Oh, my Father, I thank you that we're in the house of truth. We're in the house of God where the God of the house of God is teaching us to know exactly where we stand, exactly what we need to do to be right with you, Lord. And that's all that matters every day and forever. We thank you, Lord. You are a friend of the righteous, a real friend. Help us to be truthful with ourselves before you. Oh, for all the times we keep drilling this, Lord, message from you. That everyone in this church would be true in their own families to speak only the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Otherwise, people will have blood on their hands on judgment day. With all the prayers and blessings, all the nice things and nice relationships and nice things we did together. No one said, you better stop sinning against God's son. You're going to go to hell. We'll be separated forever. Is that what you want? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help us not to minimize your requirements or neglect them. Help us to know, Lord, you're God of truth, Lord. When truth comes, it's going to expose every hidden thing of darkness. It's better to be clean today and every day and to be found lacking in your balance on the final day. But there'll be no more room to say, don't be a fool. You better get serious with God. Lord, I pray that you help us to be wise children, to be children of the light, have no association with evil whatsoever, to never be a people pleaser, but a God pleaser, and to speak the truth and love to everyone, no matter the price, even at the expense of people saying, you're starting to get on my nerves. You're being legalistic. You're being harsh. You're starting to act like the people I don't want to hang around with who are Christians. Who turn me away from church. Please mind your business. Lord, help us to just despise those attacks from Satan. 
in threats, to fear you, to do what's right in your sight by living right, speaking right to everyone so they can know how to please you too, Lord. I pray for whole family salvations in this church because whatever the people of this church are getting, they are faithful to transmit exactly what they've heard, just like the apostle said to Timothy. You learn them and teach them to other people also, just like you heard it. But just like you see my example and you follow me, Timothy, and the other people follow you as we follow Christ. Thank you and glorify you, Father. I praise you for your truth, Lord. Truth this evening. Truth that we need to be exactly right and full of your blessing in our lives. To be the apple of your eye, the delight of your heart, oh Father. Oh, restore paradise as you walked in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve, Lord. Unbroken communion, Lord. Sweet fellowship, Lord. Nothing to separate them from you. So help us to discard Burn up whatever is separating us from that beautiful fellowship with you so that we can be blessed by your presence continually. I praise you and thank you, Lord, for King David's example, a man after your own heart. Lord, a man who ended well. A man who, at the writing of this song, was a fearlessly bold, tender-hearted, pure, holy vessel of God. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to the same and blessing us. In Jesus' precious name, thank you. Amen.